all the information you need for times and everything for the week. And um, I was praying about the Bible study for tonight. And again, I want to get back to, uh, eventually get back to the uh, um, stewardship. But for right now, this ties hand in hand with what I preached on Sunday. We, did, we serve a mighty God, don't we? We serve a mighty God. And uh, uh, there are a couple of things I'd like to remind you before I get into this lesson to pray for. Uh, the Macs are starting a church in Myrtle Creek, and uh, I think I might have already mentioned this to you, but um, they had new heating and air conditioning units set on their building that they just acquired back about four, three or four months ago. And the people who put them in, they didn't seal them up. So it rained really hard there, and where the water was supposed to be on the roof actually ended up in their new building. So they'd already had their stuff in there, carpet, walls, and so he walked into his new sanctuary, and, and the, lots of the sheetrock laying on the ground, and lots of damage done there. So um, it looks like we're not the only ones that have setbacks in life, so they're going through some things. So please pray for the max. Uh, um, I was telling him, I said, well, buddy, you know what? We can look at the bad side of this, but you, you do have insurance, right? He said, yeah, we have insurance. I said, then maybe this is a blessing because you may end up with new carpet and new ceilings. Because he tried to do some of the drywall, and he had told me, he said, you know, I think, don't think I did the best job on some of the drywall that was in that sanctuary, but you got to do what you got to do. So I said, hey, guess what? You may have a professional come in, and your insurance company will pay for it. So he says, great. He said, Brother Sparks, I'm going to claim that. And he says, I don't want carpet just in the same. I want carpet through the whole entire building. I said, in Jesus' name. So I'm waiting to hear if, if the Lord blesses him with carpet. You know, sometimes bad things can turn out to be good things because God can turn them around and make them good. Amen? So please pray for that. Another thing is, is we have in each, our sections are voting. We had our sectional meeting last Saturday. Section 2 had theirs this last Monday. And then we've got two more that are going to happen. And then in August, we've got our district um, conference is going to happen. These are imported elections. These are imported elections. They are electing the different officials for each one of the sections. And um, section two, they only had one person go back in that was originally in that office. And everybody else would, was different. So whatever God's will is there. But we still got section three to go and section four. I think three is this Saturday. So if you would, pray for our sectional conferences and our district conference. Amen. We want God to put the right people in the right places in the state of Oregon. Amen. So please be praying for that. And um, uh, living for God isn't for the weak or quitters. Uh, to quote the words of a famous man, uh, it's not for the panty waist. Amen. That's Bishop. Bishop. He said that, so he's the first one that shocked you with that. But uh, it's not for wimps. Living for God is not for wimps, it's not for the weak. Uh, if you don't have a little bit of a backbone, you'll never make it living for God because this is not for those that just want to flow along with everything that's going. If you live for God very long, you're going to have to put your feet down and you're going to have to stand and go against the tide of this time, folks. Because that's just the way it is. And it may be on your job. It may be with your family. At times, it could even be with the individuals inside of the church. It just You never know where that's going to come at you. But living for God isn't for the weak or the quitters. I would like you to turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to look at a few verses here. I... Again, I didn't want to put all of these on these uh, on the screen because then you guys forget you even have a Bible. So I wanted to make sure that we look them up and take a peek at the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 9 through 15. Anybody would like to read that? That'd be awesome tonight. This message tonight is just a hopefully a message of encouragement tonight to help build you up, strengthen you tonight. Anybody want to read 9 through 15 for us? Or if you want to just read part of it, that's fine also. Hebrews. Yes, Brother Walker, go ahead.
Now, I want you to pay close attention to that first little phrase there in verse number 15. The reason why I read that to give you context of what Paul is dealing with, the writer of Hebrews is dealing with in this portion of scripture. The one I want you to focus on is this one. And so, after he had patiently endured. Everybody say after. 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 After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Again, one more time. Everybody say after. After. Living for God is not for the weak are the quitters. After he had patiently endured. Enduring. It means continuing or long-lasting durable. That's what enduring means. And here's a little saying. Endurance is the price tag of achievement. Endurance is the price tag of achievements. You will never accomplish anything if you are a quitter. Before you get the job done, you will pack your bags and be on your way. So you were unable to achieve what you set out to achieve because you are a quitter. Now, we've seen the word and, and, and defined the word enduring, but I want to look at the phrase here, patiently enduring, that's used in there. And I just decided to just copy it straight out of the Bible dictionary for you tonight. To be long-spirited, that is, objectively, forbearing are subjectively patient, bear or suffer long, be long-suffering, have long patience. Be patient. That means not a patient in a hospital. Be patient. Now, this... this Right here is where I probably you and I are probably need to go to the altar right there. And I probably could stop right here and we could all just say, that, that's a good word, Pastor. Okay, all right. Some of you may not believe me. <clears throat> so how many of you recently have tooted your little horn in traffic? How many of you in traffic have been a little bit frustrated and maybe struck? Yeah, at least we got somebody honest in the house. You struck the steering wheel maybe with your hand and maybe said a couple Christian cuss words. So those are inappropriate road words that are used in the Bible, but you take them out of context. So, but you hit the steering wheel maybe or... Stupid idiot! You know, where'd you learn to drive? Now, I know some of you do that because I do that. <laughs> if you drive around Portland, my wife will say, hey, relax, it's all right. But to which I say is, why don't you get out and walk? <laughs> I'll teach your patience, huh? <laughs> being very honest here today. I know none of you ever get frustrated at anything. When you go to the, we went to eat and we were there at the restaurant and we ordered our food and we watched them make everybody's food, get all the orders out, people behind us. And I'm telling the truth, and my folks, family know, and they took the other people's orders and after us and made their orders and we are all still standing there, and they were acting as if they were totally ignoring us. And so finally went up there and said, are you guys going to fill our orders? Oh, yeah, we'll get to you. Now, <clears throat> that's where you've got to try to be a Christian. But there's one thing you do not mess with with Pentecostals. That's our food. <laughs> okay? You can steal the cats and dogs, but don't mess with my food. Okay? Patience is something that our patience is tried almost every day. Amen, folks. It's tried almost every day. You say, well, no, I don't, I don't involve me. Your computer.
You click on that thing and you want that website to pop right up there and man, it took, you know, probably a half a second for it to pop up and man, you were already having a cardiac arrest right there. We have all this fast internet now, but boy, if you could be back in the day of AOL dial-up, you know. Anybody remember the sound? Well, it was trying to dial up for you to be able to upload something. And it was snail, folks. We've come a long ways, but we still, even with all the technology, we are very impatient. Look at your neighbor and say, he's right tonight. <laughs> May not be right any other time, but tonight he's right, folks. Abraham was 75 years old when he received the promise from God. So you're never too old to get a promise from God. 75 years old and after 15 years, everybody say 15 years of waning. This is all back to these verses we just read. For the promise, God revisited Abraham and assured him that the promise would be fulfilled in due time. Okay, Abe, this is 15 years, but I'm going to do it. So now he's 90. Not 75 more. Now 15 later, years later, now he's 90 years old. And I'm sure Abraham believed that the promise would be fulfilled real soon at that point. I mean, come on, 15 years, that's a pretty good time. But then, uh-huh, I'm testing your patience. Yeah, five years he went. Oh, no, six years he waited for that. And then he went, no, seven years. Seven years after that he went, no, eight years. Eight, no, nine years after already reigning 15 years. Brings a total to 24. But the reality is it took another 10 years after the reassurance for Abraham and Sarah to give birth to a son who was named Isaac. <laughs> yeah. If we wait 25 seconds, come on, we have to take medication. God knows what he's doing in making us Wait at times. Abraham was 100 years old, waning for 25 years before he got his promise. 25 years waiting. And so after he had patiently waited, after he had patiently endured, after he had patiently endured. And somebody said, speed up, pastor. See, Abraham lived at a much slower pace of life than we live at today. You can say amen to that because that is the truth. But guess what? Even Abraham became impatient with God. <laughs> Tried to work some things out on his own in that 25 years period. Because he kind of got tired of waiting for God too. And he was in a much slower pace of life than we are here. In our side today, everything in our culture pushes against being willing to wait on God's perfect timing. Everything is Pushing us, pushing us on not waning for God's perfect timing. Look at this. Instant gratification and impatience have become a way of life in our society. See, we only have to tolerate 5 to 15 seconds of advertising before you get your YouTube video. But here's a question. How many of you hit that little button that says skip advertisement? You just proved my point. You didn't want to wait for the other seven seconds for it just to come on up. So you got to get up there, click, 
get right on to the video because you don't want to lose that seven more seconds there. Oh, boy, this is going to be good tonight. <laughs> Reverend Bruce Howe, Global Missions Director, is the one that on Global Missions Services a lot of time, I will put his update up there, and he's the guy that's reading those, those letters and those reports. You guys remember those? Those letters and stuff? Okay, so he does these monthly updates. Well, uh, I saw him just a few weeks ago, and I told him, I said, you know, Brother Howe, I got a suggestion for you. I would like for you, number one is to slow down. I told him this. Slow down because I think those reports are important and we need to hear them. Number two is, I think it'd be great when you get done talking about somebody receiving the Holy Ghost or somebody getting baptized, you'd pause and give my church a chance to thank the Lord because we like to take a moment and say, thank you, Jesus, and worship God for those and not wait to the very end of the deal. I told him that person I don't know if it was the right thing to do but I thought it was the right thing to do because I, I think it's great for us to pause every time we hear somebody got the Holy Ghost well his response to me was this he said they give me three to four minutes for the total entire clip and they really want me to do just three minutes he said they told me they don't want me to do pauses longer than three seconds in it because if you pause longer than five seconds people will tune out this is what brother Hal told me he said, that's the reason why I read those so fast and I go so fast because they said, you only got three minutes nowadays because if you go longer than three minutes, people start tuning out and going to some other video or some other clip because that's their attention span. I'm not saying this. This is what Brother Bruce Howe told me that the people who are making those videos told him that's the reason why they have to keep it so condensed and he has to go so fast. I said, well, if you'd slow it down, it's all right because we're going to stay with you for the whole entire time. And it's going to be all right with us. But I thought it's kind of revealing of what's going on in our society. And you've got some more information here you'll see in just a moment. It's affecting the church. It's, it's really affecting the church. There's a lots of pressure on the church now to, to make sure that they, you're not, you don't have to be at church very long anymore. And I try to be conscious of your time. I, I'm not, I don't try to go too long. I don't try to wear you out or any of those things like that. But there is pressure on the church, and it's affecting the church because of this thing now that society has programmed us. we got to have everything fast, quick. Everything's got to go quick. So... Now, some of you right now, and then if I let this go for very long, are going to start feeling your pressure rise inside of you. You're going to be saying, "He just wasted. No, he just wasted. He just wasted. He just wasted. He just wasted another. He just wasted another. He, you know what? He's already wasted 30 seconds of my time. He's our." He's our 35 seconds of my time. I could have watched a half of one of those little video clips. And I just, just wasted. You know how many texts I could have sent out in this last 45 seconds, Pastor? And look what you did. You wasted my time. I'll tell you what's even would drive more of you, some of you more crazy than this, is this. Now, doesn't you feel your blood pressure going up right there? Now, come on. You can make it. Go past it. Come on, big arm. You can go past it. <laughs> we're rooting for time to move ahead. Isn't it so interesting when we're younger, we can't wait till we get to be 16 so we can drive? <laughs> you guys remember the days? Some of us, we, we have problems remembering back that far, but it, there was times that. And then there were other mile marks in your life. You said, okay, I can't wait till I get to that point. Then when you pass all of them, you're saying, I wish we could go back and slow down a little bit because this thing going way too... I got a witness in the house. Because when we got past some of those mile markers that are way back there, man, it's just like, boom, it's going super fast. I wonder how many times Abraham asked these questions. Did God really make that promise to me? Why? Because number one is it didn't happen when I thought it was going to happen. You're saying when it doesn't tie into your verses. Yeah, it does, and I'm going to tie it all together here in just a moment. 
was that God or was that God or somebody else that gave me that promise? How many more years must I wait? Where's my son of promise, God? I wonder if he literally verbalized these things. Maybe he said this, I wonder what's wrong with Sarah. I wonder what's wrong with that woman that God gave me. It's got to be her. She's the problem. I'm not getting any younger over here, God. You know, I started out when I was 75, and you reassured me when I was 90, and we're still going on in the ninth year, and we still haven't got an answer here, God. tell you something God I think loves to test us and see how long we will wait for the promises endurance isn't a subject that is preached or taught very often because it can sound like a lack of faith to some people so people don't want to teach that enduring is not a lack of faith but faith in action folks for you to be able to endure and stay with it and have some stickability to you, that takes faith. Especially when all, everything is pointing toward the promise will not happen. Look at Abraham. Buddy, having a kid at 75 was kind of pushing it. <laughs> and every year it went by, kind of probably added a little bit more doubt to the equation. And when he got to 90 and God says, okay, he's probably thinking, okay, tomorrow... <laughs> it's going to happen tomorrow. But he hits 100, everything, 98, 99, all of those things were saying this can't happen. So then it took faith, faith to continue to endure. Enduring speaks to the character of the person who finds themselves in a difficult situation, folks. The character. Are you willing to hang in there? See, we sometimes misunderstand the concept of faith. Some people believe that if we have enough faith, we will find a supernatural escape from every difficult situation and problem. Can I tell you? Not happening. <laughs> Not ha You have all the faith you want to, folks. But God's not going to deliver you from every one of your difficult situations. The reality of the matter is, you ready for this? It's some of our knuckle-headed decisions that got us into our pickle. Anybody want to say amen? amen? And sometimes God says, okay, you made the bad decision. I'm going to let you go ahead and go through this situation so you'll learn. See, if God fixed every one of our problems, even the ones we make very bad decisions, we keep making bad decisions. It's like parents that have kids that go and mess up in life and they run in with a checkbook, write a checkbook and fix all the problems. And then the kids gets out of jail, gets out of thing, goes right down to it. They get in trouble again. They walk, step in and take care of the situation. They do that. After a while, folks, that kid gets in a situation mom and dad can't get them out of. Because they just keep getting more bold and bold because I didn't get it there, I'm fine. Didn't get it there, I'm fine. So I can keep doing this. God has to let us learn some things. And it's not because we don't have a lack of faith. You're having faith in enduring. You're having faith in God that he's going to take you through these things. Sometimes God delivers you from situation. Other times God delivers you through the situation. <laughs> but mark it down. God will take care of you. <laughs> Whether you're in the middle of it or he's going to deliver you from it, God's still going to take care of you, folks. We have a mighty God. Hopefully you got that message Sunday morning. If not, maybe you should get it and listen to it again. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. This is Paul again. He's writing here. <laughs> Living for God is a vocation, which is a calling or an invitation, folks. That's what a vocation is. Not a vacation. <laughs> it's not a... Can I get a witness in the house? 
Sometimes it's surgery. How many of you enjoy surgery? Mm -mm. It's not any fun. But sometimes living with God is a surgery. He puts you in bed and operates on you. Spiritually. Sometimes he takes and cuts you open to get things out. Sometimes he puts a loss of pressure on you to correct the situation. I've been through lots of things in my life. So interesting. When you got a doctor that's deciding to pop your bones around and pop this bone around, set this bone over there, you know, you can sometimes get a little frustrated with that doctor. It seems like sometimes they're almost enjoying that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But after it's set, and a few months later, then you go, wow, thank God for the doctor. That, that worked. That helped. Sometimes in the middle of setting some of us, we can get frustrated at God and think he's trying to hurt us. But if you will just continue to go through whatever he's going, leading you through, you'll find out after a while, you're going to find out he's loving you. And he's doing it for your good. Because some things for the moment <laughs> don't feel good. But in the long run, they are very good for us. Our society has developed a generation of both legal and illegal pill poppers. Is that not the truth? <laughs> when there's the slightest feeling of nervousness, depression, or oppression, we medicate. Man, we, it's a billion dollar industry now is these pills simply to make people feel good anymore. That's the truth, folks. Hear me. You would never be able to know God can take you through until you have to go through. You can't say, I know God healed me and really mean it with conviction until doctors couldn't do anything and God healed you. The doctor said, we can't really do much with that. Or you go there and the x-ray says, it's this way and there it is. The tumor, the whatever is there. You come, anointing of oil, and we pray the prayer of faith. And then you go back and the doctor said, I don't know really what happened here. But it's not there anymore. Then you know, God, all the problems I went through and the hurt and the pain I went through. And then being able to go and see that and see the x-rays or the CAT scan or whatever. And then God see that you healed it and took it away. Now I know you're a healer, God, because the facts were all there. I felt it, I saw it, and now I know you're a God who can heal. More than just a word preached or a lesson taught, I know by experience you took me through this situation. We serve a mighty God, folks. Endurance is a biblical principle. Endurance is a biblical principle. Why? You're not going to make it if you can't endure some things. Tonight I'm going to stay with the main topic of endurance. I had started going down the path of examples of people who had to go through, and I realized we would be here a long time, and I knew you would not be patient enough to wait for me to do that. And to some, it would be enduring it. So I didn't go that way. But there are uh, lots of examples in the Bible where people had to endure hardship before God revealed that he was the almighty God in their life. Folks, Daniel was in the den of lions. He was in the den of lions. He was delivered out of the den of lions. He, he was delivered out of it. It wasn't he was threatened to be thrown there. He ended up there. So when he got out, he knew. And you, you can find it in the Word of God. He was very sure then, my God can take care of me in every situation, folks. Some of you have been in the same situation. You know what I'm talking about? God has taken care of you. Look at this. God could give us deliverance from all of our difficult situations, but he chooses instead to sustain us as we walk through those situations because we need to learn the blessings of having endured. And there's a blessing in having endured. You become stronger when you have to go through things, folks. 
You've got a better chance of making it and lasting if you go through some things and God takes you through those things, folks. Look, our faith should be strong enough not only to believe that God can miraculously intervene in our situation, but that God is also able to keep me in spite of my situation. We need to believe God. We need to be careful we don't get frustrated with God. Because it is easy at times to get frustrated with God because we are human folks. And we're saying, God, I've already waited 10 minutes. I don't understand why you haven't answered God. I prayed this morning, and here I am tonight. I'm fixing to go to bed, and you still have not sent that $100,000 check yet, God. I don't understand why, God. <laughs> and that sounds kind of absurd, but here's a, here's a fact. Sometimes we think almost that extreme. One prayer, two prayers, and God's going to jump in there and come through flying through the air and with the little red cape on, and he's going to take care of our situation because he's super God. That isn't how God works, folks. See, the latter may require more faith than the first one, folks. It may require more faith for you to believe God's going to keep you through all the things you're going through right now than to have faith God's going to deliver you out of the things you're going through. Hear me. Endure means to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. To continue in the same state. That's the first one. When I looked up the word endure, that was the first one. But I put it last. To continue in the same state. What does that mean? I'm not changing. Hear me. I'm not going to change who I am and what I am in God just because of my situation. I'm going to remain the same and endure and go through it. Amen. Amen. That's what endure says. Look it up, the definition right there, to continue in the same state. It's not saying state of origin. It's saying you're not going to let your circumstances change who you are. It may need to change your attitude and change your spirit, but it's not going to change your resolve and your faith in God. You're going to remain true to God in every situation. Somebody say amen. Well, why are you teaching this, Pastor? Well, I was praying and seeking the Lord about this thing, but it goes hand in hand what we're dealing with. When I preached on, on Sunday night, we're going through a lots of difficult things. And since then, I've got several different texts and stuff from people of things that they're battling with. Folks, I know we're going through a lots of stuff. And that's the reason why I felt like the Lord wanted us to do this. You know what? We're just going to have to roll up our sleeves and get with it and endure. You're going to have to fight through some of this stuff. Because I'm here to tell you, God's not going to remove some of this stuff out of our life. He's just going to leave it there. Because it's helping us. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Anybody got a witness here tonight? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. To bear it. That word bear there mean, doesn't mean to deliver. To be able to bear it. Doesn't mean to deliver. It means to endure. You go and look up that word. Guess what the first word in definition when you look up that word bear. Go look it up and look at the Greek word that is translated in that. You know the very first word you're going to read? In your Bible dictionary is, it says endurance. It's right there. I looked it up and went, whoa. He's not going to deliver us out of some of these things. We're going to have to go through them and endure them. We're going to have to bear them, folks, and keep on going through these things. The first virtue in a soldier is endurance of fatigue. Courage is only the second virtue. Napoleon Bonaparte. Why? Well, you're not going to be able to show how courageous you are if you can't endure. <laughs> if you're already pooped out and running for cover, you're not going to be there to stand and be courageous. 
So you're going to have to endure some things, folks. I thought that was pretty good. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive with gladness, and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, everybody say, for the word's sake, immediately they are, are offended, are offended. Now, I know some of you are saying, don't go there, Pastor. The word has no root in them. I, I decided I couldn't say this better than it was written, so I just copied this over. The word has no root in their hearts only in their natural affections, nor is the root of grace in them. There is no heart work, only speculative notions and flashy affections. That's the reason why they're uprooted. You cannot live for God on emotions and just affections. Why? Because we cannot trust our emotions. <laughs> we cannot trust our emotions. Here's the reality. If you're judging how God is treating you by your emotions, then you're going to say God isn't treating you well. Because you're going to have high times and you're going to have low times. And you're not going to feel like you're on top of the world at times. And then if you're saying the way you're feeling is how God is, then you're going to start blaming God for the way you're feeling. We cannot do that. Do not be controlled by your emotions. This is an awesome statement that he wrote. That is very good there. It says, only in their natural affections, nor is the root of grace in them. There is no heart work. And that's where lots of the problem is. We have people that are coming and crying at our altars, but there's no heart work. There's no change of heart. There's only this flashy affections and emotions things that is going on in life. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, he sojourned in, in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Put all these in here for context. Through faith, everybody see through faith. Big word, also. Through faith, also. Sarah, Sarah, I know this is going to come a shock to you guys, but did you realize Abraham could not have that boy by himself? Isn't that a shock? Boy, that's revelatory tonight, isn't it? That's deep. He couldn't have that kid by himself. The Bible says by faith, Abraham. But then it comes down here and it says, through faith also, Sarah. You know, God gives us promises, but sometimes he attaches people to us that's going to help us get that promise fulfilled. See, the revival of the palace praise doesn't matter how many promises God has given to me or given to you individually. It's going to take all of us on the same page believing. If we're going to receive our promise, Abraham and Sarah had to have faith and believe. We're going to have to have faith and believe for our promise too of revival. Look at it. Herself received strength to conceive seed. Do you guys get that? Through faith also, Sarah herself, she what? Received. You guys hearing it? Anybody know how old Sarah was when she gave birth to that baby? Huh? Bishop knows. Huh? <laughs> 90 years old? It's probably not the ideal time to be having a little boy. 
<laughs> but did you see through faith, Sarah, through faith, that's how she received strength to conceive. Through, oh man. And there would have never been any birth without the conception. Without the faith to believe in the conception, there is no birth and was delivered of a child when she was past age. What? Through faith. What? She never gave up on God, even though she did have a little bit of a laughing spell. I don't know if it was a feather in her clothes or what it was that kind of tickled her a little bit at one point. She did have kind of like a little <laughs> kind of deal there. You guys remember that portion of scripture? Yeah, some of us are the same way. But you know what? I don't find in here, when we get over here to this, when they're talking about the faith, I don't see in there where it says, and Sarah, after she got done laughing, <laughs> received strength to do things. See, because even after she laughed and all those things, God still came through, and so she had her moments, and you're going to have your moments. There are things God's going to say to you, and I don't care how great you are and how super spiritual you are, you're going to have your moments just like Sarah had her moments. But the key is, when we get down to this point after she's long gone, will we look back then from history and history and look and say, so-and-so had faith in God to do what God asked them to do. Because in Sarah, they didn't bring up the fact she laughed in here. They said through faith, she conceived. And through faith, she gave birth to the promise, folks. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Woo! I don't know about you, but God has been a faithful God to me. God's been a good God to me. Hallelujah. He may not come when we want him to, but he always comes Right on time. He may not come exactly when we're expecting him, but folks, he will come according to his perfect will, folks. Oh, hallelujah. You may have your moments. Don't get discouraged. Just keep having faith in God to endure, folks. Look, therefore, spring there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many, he was dead. He, this should not be happening. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude. 100-year-old man, not supposed to be happening, folks. But it springs from him as one that, yeah, supposed to be dead when it comes to reproduction. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. It's talking about the ones that are coming to fulfill the promise. Now, look at the next verse. These all died in faith, not having received the promise. Do you know what? He didn't get to see the part that they were as many as the stars in the sky and the sand on the sea. He never got to see that. That's what it's saying. They didn't get to see the completion of the promise. Mm. But he stayed faithful to God to fulfill his part of the promise. See, some of us may not see the house be completely filled, but every one of us that God has given us a promise for the revival, better stay faithful to God where we are to complete our part of the promise. And even though we might not see all of the promise fulfilled, I want to be at least faithful to the place I'm supposed to be faithful in God, and then God can take care of the rest. See, we can get overwhelmed and say it's never going to happen. Abraham could have said, God, come on. I'm not going to live a million years. No way are my offspring, because you made me wait 25 years for one of them. You think you're going to have another one? That you, look at those stars up there, God. That many? No way, God. That's not going to happen, God. No, he couldn't worry about all the stars. He had to worry and make sure he took care of the one son. Why? Because the one son was the doorway to the stars. The one son was the doorway to all of the grains of the sand on the seashore. We've got to be faithful 
in the one and the two and the three because they are the doorway to the pews being filled, the house of God being filled, and Oregon District having the revival that God wants to send to the Oregon District. So we have to be faithful. Has God not promised this church that he was going to send us revival? Over and over again with different ministers who have come through this pulpit and talked about that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be faithful in baptizing somebody on Sunday night in Jesus' name. I'm going to be faithful in praying for people the Sunday before and watching two people get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be faithful in the one and the two and the three and God, you take care of the stars. I'll take care of this that you put in my hands. But you've got to learn to be faithful in the one or you'll never get as many as the stars. These all died in faith not having received the promise but having seen them afar off. How? Through the eyes of faith? Through the eyes of faith. You got to visualize some things. You can't walk in here and say, oh man, look at those pews, they're empty. No, you're going, wow, look at how many places we have for people to sit. Wow, we can have a bunch of guests right there. Plenty of free seating. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> got to look at the, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry here, folks. For ye have need of patience. <clears throat> For ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Did you guys get that? After you have done the will of God, then you get the promise. It's on the shoulders of everybody in this church because we are not individuals. We are a body collectively put together by God. So we need everybody in this house to be on the same page in faith toward God for souls to be born of the water and the spirit here at the palace of praise. And then it's our job to continue to walk faithfully where God, we're going to be true to the doctrine we're going to be true to our God and everything we do. We're going to be faithful in our prayers. We're going to be faithful in attendance to the house of God, supporting the work of God. We're going to be faithful in all these things and let God take care of the increase whenever he wants to give it. And guess what? If it's not tomorrow, it's not this week, and not in two weeks or three weeks, I'm still going to continue to walk the way God wants me to walk and I'm going to go through the difficult things that we've been going through, and I'm going to be here tomorrow by the help of God, and I'm going to be here next month, and I'm going to be here next year by the help of God and by faith in God. Amen? you got to make up your mind, folks. Patience. Here we go. Patience. Endurance. When you look up the word patience, this is the words. I wrote it right down out of there. This is the definitions here. Patience. So when you go back here, for ye have need of patience. I looked up the definition of that word, patience, and here you go. Endurance. First word you look at. Dictionary. I copied it straight right out of the Bible dictionary right there. Patience. Endurance. Endurance. Look at the bottom. Continuance waning. Come on, God. Seriously? God, the other day I had to have a defibrillator because I was at McDonald's and they told me to pull forward. <laughs> and it'd bring my food out in a minute. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Endurance was the key to the promise. Endurance was the key to the promise. What do you mean? For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might then receive the promise. Abraham, if you don't endure 25 years of waiting and going through all your difficult situations, there's never going to be a promise. So the key then, endurance was the key to the promise. Do you realize that maybe just after two or three more steps, that may be where God's going to give you your promise. You may decide to quit 
right before God was going to fulfill the promise. You may say, I've went a long ways. I've been here for 24 years now, God, walking here faithful with you. I've been here for 24 years, 11 months, and 29 days, God, and you still haven't fulfilled your promise, so I'm out of here. I'm going to go and do something else here, God. Abraham could have said that. But waiting what, one more day to that 25 years is up, God then came through. We'll tell you what, God can read your mind, you know that? So don't try to get on your knees and say, God, doesn't matter what you're going to take me through, God, I'm going to be here, it doesn't matter, and I'm not going anywhere. And in your mind you're saying, I wonder how I can get out of here. Because he's watching to see if you're going to endure through your tough situations, folks. Amen. Amen. I, best, I think some of us would be surprised at some of the backsliders that got frustrated and left. If they could have really seen maybe the next six months or year in their walk with God and what God was just about to do. And they didn't realize that what I preached on Sunday night, they were going through all this hell because the enemy realized it was about to happen. And they got to stop it before it does happen. See, the enemy can't stop God. So that means he's got to stop you. But if you endure and push through, there will be an intersection. Intersection of you and the promise of God. And at that intersection, you'll receive your promise from God. Just keep on walking, folks. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. And so after he had patiently endured, everybody say patiently endured. Why? Go back. Endurance was the key to the promise. Patiently endured. What happened? Endurance was the key to the promise. Endurance was the key to the promise. Don't get frustrated because you haven't seen those prayers answered yet. He obtained the promise. Let's all stand, if you will. I'm done. Hopefully you've been encouraged tonight.